so this quote is from a guy who quoted another guy, which was based on another guy. Yeah, basically. Who also quoted another guy. Something like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Welcome to Charlotte Mason Says. I'm John Chindell, here with my wife, Crystal. Join us as we read and discuss the home education series. Hey everyone, Crystal and I were joined by Mackenzie Winkler, who is on Instagram as at Three Little Acorns Academy to discuss a few chapters and to close out part three of home education. And she's going to be with us for the next two episodes talking all about habits. I know I enjoyed our conversation and I hope you do too. So enjoy. So Mackenzie, to start this out, why don't you tell us how you found Charlotte Mason? Okay. I heard about Charlotte Mason through my sister-in-law, Mary Beth. Um, She was homeschooling and I think she was just starting to get her feet wet into homeschooling. And she had told me about this book called For the Children's Sake. She said that we should, I should really read it. And I think she even loaned me a copy, which I may or may not still have. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I don't know if I've ever replaced it or not, to be honest with you. I feel like Um, that's one of the books that you just, you know, buy a lot of copies of and just keep distributing out into the world. (laughs) Yes. It's like that in Bible. You know, you just always have a few of them on yourself. (laughs) Give away. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, so that's how I, I heard about it, and I read it, and my kids were really little at the time. I think maybe two and three, you know, maybe three and 18 months. So, wow. um, it, yeah, so it was it was cool that I had learned about it and my kids being so young, but at the same time, it was really hard because I'm like, we're like years away from doing this, you know? So it was it was definitely a an eye-opener as far as not just homeschooling too, but parenting as well. Well, because that is the thing with with Charlotte Mason's method is that it's not just schooling and education. It's it's everything. It's parenting, it's education, it's discipline. It's it's the whole package all wrapped into one. Yeah. And how old are your kids right now? Um, So right now my oldest just turned six. I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a six-month-old. Wow. Oh, man. So you're right in yeah. the middle of it. Yeah. I like to joke that I am like in the trenches of the early years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's been like nonstop. It's, like, it's the definition. <laughs> we have we have seven, six, four, and two two-year-olds. So wow. we're only about a year beyond you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. We, we also, I, I found out about it probably when our oldest was four. Through a, a convention, a, uh, the Great Homeschool Convention, and mm-hmm. and so it was it was the same. I was like, yeah, this is great. We can work, and I don't have to start anything until they're six. So we're gonna just I'm just gonna learn about it and go from there. Right. So and then and then yeah. wait a bit. Yeah, but then you dive you dive into it and you realize, wait a second, like you do a lot a lot before the age of six. Actually, there's a lot to be considered. And at first I kind of thought, okay, this is, like I said, just homeschooling, but then it's a whole way of life, a whole thought process. It's pretty crazy how, you know, it's pretty crazy too, because Charlotte Mason, did you know she was an only child? I would not have been able to tell you that. I don't think I did know that, no. 
Yeah, I picked up this one book. It's called The Charlotte Mason Story, and it's by Essex Crom Delaney or something like that. And it has, uh, it's pretty much like a biography with like excerpts from her book, uh, from her writings and her letters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And not, it, it's very interesting because not only was she an only child, her parents were only children too. And they passed away when she was 16 years old. So she was legitimately orphaned at 16. Whoa. Yeah. And I think it's unbelievable the insight that she developed throughout her years of schooling and learning to be a teacher. And I mean, really, she was really foreign to a lot of family life. I I knew she had been orphaned. I didn't know about all yeah. three of them being only children. That's yeah, that's so she interesting. Had, like, no uncles, no aunts, nothing. When they passed away, she was she, there was nothing. You know, that was that. And it's it's interesting that this almost became her, her like her heart attitude. You know, was improving education for children, and she just she took it on. It was her idea, her living idea. You know that she talks about. And that became her whole life focus. That's crazy. So. I didn't. I didn't know that. But it does make sense then why why she why she was so single single mindedly focused on mm-hmm. education and children at that point is because that's all she had. That's all she had. That and friends. Yeah, and one of her letters she had mentioned about spending time with some of the families and the children, and that it was like a balm for her soul. You know, so that was almost her way of nice. coping with her loss. Yeah. So I say all that to say that, again, this whole, it's not just the education, it's a whole way of life. And that she was really able to, because I know sometimes people be like, well, Charlotte Mason wasn't a mom. She doesn't get it kind of thing. <laughs> but really, she was, <laughs> she had a really cool opportunity to be completely pulled away from this and to be um, just to observe and to learn right. without any biasness or prejudiceness, you know. She might not have had the hands-on experience, but that meant she could have the right. outsider view, which sometimes, you, you know, you you need an outsider view to really understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even, like, there's days that it is hard, and I'll, you know, be sitting with my husband at night and being like, this, this, and this happened, and he's like, well, did you try this? And I'm like, no, I didn't even think of that. And, you know, and it's not a negative at all. It's just, you know good advice that I don't even think of when I'm in my umbrella of stress, you know, that I can't even pull my head out of it to, to look above and, and see, Oh, this was actually what was really going on with this child or, yeah. you know, the way that we were interacting, you know, so it's always nice to be able to have someone to kind of bounce those things off of. It definitely is. It definitely is. I know John's done that for me before. Yeah, I mean, we. Well, I was gonna say we do it for each other in different ways, um, but but yeah, I, I know. Yeah, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that's the thing that we do. Well, since yeah, no, that's exactly how my husband is too. So that's good. That's good, I, and that's and I, I I I think that's the way it should be. But yeah, I think I so too. And he is <laughs> his personality. If you do the Myers Briggs, he's in what is it? An I N. What is it, INTJ, which means he's like an introvert, but he's also like really deeply philosophically thinking all the time, too. And he's really good at like metaphors. So it's always really nice. Yeah, it's always really (laughs) nice to sit there and talk to him because he can totally like come up with this whole metaphor and this whole story as to how this problem should be solved. And I'm like, 
I, I wish I had your brain sometimes. So it just makes so much sense. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it's cool. Well, cool. Well, since Charlotte Mason and in her philosophy, she's interested in more than just the education. The chapters that we are going to be talking about here are the last three chapters of part, what are we on, part three? Mm-hmm. Part three of home education. And this is, so we've been talking about uh, Habit is 10 Natures. And, and we talked about, let's see, let's go over the, the headings here real quick. Hold on. So we talked about education was based on natural law and then that the children have no self-compelling power. We talked about what is nature and how does that affect habits. We talked about how habits can supplant the nature and then how to lay, or we, we didn't really talk about how laying down lines of habit works but we talked about that it can be done we talked about physiology of habits so we talked about all of those things and now we're getting into the formation of a habit so what do you actually do with children to form habits and so we're going to talk about the formation of habits and then we're going to talk about infant habits and then we'll 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 also talk about physical exercises. So I personally, I after after reading through for gosh for the last year and a half, how how highly how hard how highly Charlotte Mason regards habits and habit training and formation of habits, I found it fascinating to finally get into some meat of how you form those habits because she talks about it a little mm-hmm. bit in Parents and Children. But it's it's more yeah. in passing. Yeah, and she has a few steps outlined too. Exactly. So I I really enjoyed reading through this and and digging into it a little bit, and I, I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun to to read through and talk about. Lose this day loitering, and twill be the same story tomorrow, and the next more dilatory. The indecision brings its own delays, and days are lost lamenting or lost days. So that's a, a quote from uh, Johann. Uh, Wolfgang von Goethe and also Christopher Marlowe who she quotes here um, as saying that it's based on Faust and another guy who also wrote a play called Dr. Faustus. So, so it's based so so this quote is from a guy who quoted another guy which was based on another guy yeah, basically. who also quoted another guy. Something like that. Nice. <laughs> I like it. So we're like six layers deep here. But I, I mean, I, I can relate to this. I've spent days being like, why did I do that the other day? And mm-hmm. just be like, well, there goes that day and that time. And, and it's the, the idea of like time is the one thing that you can't get back. It's always yeah. moving forward. And if I spend the evening playing a game on my Kindle, then that evening's gone. And all of those great things that I had on my list of things to do just didn't get done. And now it's bedtime. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, John Maxwell. Have you ever heard of him? He's like a Christian leader slash like motivational speaker. My husband mm-hmm. will sometimes listen to some of his podcasts. And he has a phrase called do it now. And he wakes up in the morning. And I think he like jumps up and down like three or four times and says, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now. And that's like his phrase that he has in his mind. Uh-huh. And so my husband and I thought, well, we'll just give it a shot one day. <laughs> 
and we did it for like a week. I can't even tell you how much stuff we got done just because we just <laughs> oh, thought man. whatever you're supposed to be doing, you need to be doing it now. Like, cause don't put it off. Just do it now. And I'm like, wow, what a difference that made just that mental attitude of saying, if whatever comes my way, I'm going to do it now. It was crazy. That makes a lot of sense though. Is now, is that, it does. is, is that attitude something that you and your husband have continued to keep up? No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> I wish. I mean, I, it does creep up in the back of my mind every now and then. But again, it takes like mental. It takes mental effort to to do it now, to choose to do it now. Right. You know? <laughs> well, that's because, and here we go. We're gonna. Uh, this is what Charlotte Mason says about that. She says the effort of decision we have seen is the greatest effort of life. Not doing the thing, but the making up of one's mind as to which thing to do first. And so, uh, you you and you and Charlotte Mason are right on the same page there that it's not the doing of the thing that is it's tough it's the making up your mind that you're going to do the thing mm-hmm. that's that's the hard part and we talked about that a little bit in in some of the last chapters that that's one of the primary goal of the parent is to eliminate the need for the child to decide to do right or wrong because you're forming the habits of doing what's right and so it, the child doesn't have to make the effort to make that decision. It doesn't make it any less true for us as parents, but yeah. But that is that is one of the goals we have and and that's why we're that's why we're so interested in forming these habits is so that our children don't have as hard a time getting motivated to actually do things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just crazy you grow up and then you're like, "Wait a second, I actually have to be on time for things. <laughs> I actually have to do these things and this isn't very fun anymore." Right. <laughs> I think I want to be a teenager again, you know, or whatever. But, but yeah, like you realize, and just, I mean, there's so many different things that you're like, realize, oh yeah, I really should be doing this. This is what I need to be doing. And yeah, again, like setting those, those habits right now. So you're, so you don't have to work so hard in the future to mm-hmm. obtain those things. Yeah. Because no, it's true. In, in order to fix it, the, the, the panacea of the educationalist, one custom overcome with another. In order to get over this dawdling or dilatory habit, you have to supplant it with a contrary habit. And that act of supplanting with a contrary habit is hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Uh, it in, And it takes time and effort, and it's a struggle. And when d- doing it for children, she says, the mother must devote herself for a few weeks to this cure as steadily and untiringly as she would to the nursing of her child through measles. And again, I I feel like it's easy to see a physical illness. What was something we talked about last week? To, to see the physical illness that has something visual, something you can do and act upon that as opposed to seeing, you know, it's just, it's just a little habit, a little bad habit that they have and not take the time to do that mentally. Right. No, that's that's true. Well, and we talked, like I said, we talked about that uh, in the in the last episode pretty extensively. That mm-hmm. that when we see physical ailments, they're they're easier to cure than mental ailments because mental ailments you can't see; they're not in your face. You're not bleeding, or you don't have a sick kid who who's lethargic and can't do anything. I, I mean, there there are there are elements of of mental issues that you can see but but i mean you're not bleeding <laughs> you can't just slap a band-aid yeah, on sometimes, it 
And sometimes when they start too, you don't even realize it either. You know, it's just one of those things that, like my son said to me the other night, (laughs) he said, I want to watch a television show. And I said, okay, that's fine. But just one. And then as I was turning around and leaving, he said, that's okay. You'll forget about it. And we'll watch another one. (laughs) Oh, there's the mirror. (laughs) Children are such good mirrors. And you look at yourself and go, oh my goodness, I do that. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, that is a bad habit that I am forming that I am not paying attention. You know, I get busy, and next thing I know, the next show starts rolling. Yeah. And he's six, and he's already figured it out. He's like, already figured <laughs> he already it knows. out. You know, I, I can remember when I was when I was a kid, I couldn't have been. Uh, it was somewhere between six and ten. I can remember that we would go to our friend's house, and we would stay and you know eat dinner, and then it'd be time to go. And so, mom and our mom and and his mom, they'd, they'd start talking and be like, all right, guys, it's time to go. You got five minutes. Like, huh, that means we've got 30. <laughs> and then the next time it'd be, you know, 30 minutes later, oh, guys, it's now gotten really late. We have to go. Every, go outside and, and uh, start getting in the van. Be like, all right, so we're going to go outside and we're going to start playing outside because they're going to stay inside for another 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we knew that. We figured it out. Yeah. And so from the time that mom said it's time to go, we knew that we had another hour. So, yeah, yeah, it's not uh, it's not unique to to you or us or or my mom. (laughs) (laughs) So she so Charlotte Mason, as she she continues to talk about this, she goes through putting your shoes on. Right. A pretty a pretty detailed example of this. And I don't know how much of it we want to read. I don't actually have any of the example highlighted. Well, she goes through the idea that you are strengthening the will of the child and you are taking the side of the child against their faulty will. And so you are there as a reminder and you're you're not you're not being judgmental. You're not being you're not rushing them. You're just you're expecting them to do what is right. And Mm -hmm. then they look up and they go, oh, yeah, mom's wanting me to do this. And, you know, this is lacing up of shoes. I'm sorry, lacing of boots. So, you know, my my kids' Velcro shoes go slightly faster. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but it's the same idea, you know. Can you get ready in five minutes? And then she challenges her. You know, hey, here's a timer. You know, timers are amazing. <laughs> can you get ready in five minutes? Yes, mother, I can. Well, don't say yes until you know you're sure. Okay, I'll try. And And as you go... Then, then you um, get to the point where it's like, okay, we're doing good. And she's like, but don't relax. The mother will be tempted to relax your efforts. But this is absolutely fatal. The fact is the dawdling habit is so ingrained that just this little bit of cure won't work. You have got to keep back on it. And to prevent any reversion to the bad old habit is to go let go of all this gain. So... The line she has here is to form a good habit is the work of a few weeks. To guard it is a work of incessant, but by no means anxious care. And that goes back to, you know, what is it? It takes 21 days to build a habit, to form a habit. Yeah, I think she recommends anywhere from six to eight weeks as far as the habit training goes. I think I, I think that's a little bit later with the shut the door one. Yes. So she goes on, she talks about, so the next section, she talks about habit being a delight in and of itself. And I think this is one of the things that we, that, that, uh, gives habit training a bad name is we think, well, habits are, habits are something that you have to 
force yourself to do and therefore it's not it's not fun it doesn't feel good it's not fulfilling and it's hard work every time and it's hard work every time but as any good uh, gym rat will tell you as my my brother who's a gym rat going to the gym while it's a it's a it's a hard thing for some of us to do for those people that do it every day and have done it every day for multiple years not going to the gym is actually harder than going to the gym because it's a part of their routine. It makes them feel good. It's good. It's right. And so the the habit, following the habit, is a delight in and of itself. And she yeah. says, uh, this, yeah. is, this is one of the rocks that mothers sometimes split upon. They lose sight of the fact that a habit, even a good habit, becomes a real pleasure. And when the child has really formed the habit of doing a certain thing, his mother imagines that the effort is as great to him as at first that it is a, vu- a virtue in him to go on making this effort and that he deserves by way of reward a little relaxation. So she's she's continuing to talk then about about how we we can't relax those. We have to we have to make sure it's diligent. She says uh, so so she'll let him break through the new habit for a few times and then go on again. But it's not going on. It's beginning again and beginning in the face of obstacles. Mm-hmm. So it's like those of us who make the who make the New Year's commitment to go to the gym and we go for a week or two and we feel good about ourselves and like, oh, I've been I've been to the gym every day for the last two weeks. I'm going to just give myself a day off. And then the next day you're like, man, yesterday was so nice to take the day off. I'm going to take another day off and it'll be great. And then after a week you go, well, I've not been to the gym in a week because you relaxed the habit. Yeah. There's the the exercise example, and you can go with a diet example. Uh, diet's another another popular one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, by by popular, I I mean it's a it's one that we all it's we, one as a we nation. All have to eat. Everyone yeah. has to eat. Yeah, but there you as, go. <laughs> as a nation, we need to exercise. As a nation, we need to exer- uh, eat well. And as a nation, we make New Year's resolutions that fizzle <laughs> out by February to do those two things. And so. It's it's very much on the forefront of our minds. And, and especially because where we have things that everything is so easily accessible when it comes to food. Yeah. That we have to do the mental effort of choosing the right thing. You know, we have to choose what do I want and what do I feel like I want or what do I need and what do I feel like I want. You know, to go through the emotions mm-hmm. of emotionally checking it off. I'm really tired today or I just, I'm really sad. I could really use that piece of chocolate, you know. But... That's what I feel, but what I know I need really is maybe a salad or something like that. So Right. And it all goes back to the, the will. All of it. How is yeah. your will? And the child's is not up to that task, which is why we are helping them with this habit training. Yep. Because the children are not strong. No, they just eat candy all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tact, watchfulness, and persistence are the quality that she must cultivate in herself. So that's all on the mother. I was going to say, she she there is referring to the mother. And then she gets into another example about shutting the door. And again, don't let them slip. Otherwise, like you were saying with the children, they know. They know when we let habits slip. They do. Ah, it mm-hmm. won't matter this time. She'll let me come in and get something and go without closing it. Yeah, and I, I really do like this example. And again, we probably don't want to dwell on it too long, but I really like it because... In this example, she shows that she shows the mother as being 
an ally to the child, someone who's advocating for the child and wanting the best in the child. And she's not punishing the child for not following the habit. She's expecting the child to do what's right and reminding the child. And I, I, I like that. It's a, it's, a, it's a turn from what I grew up with where uh, there, was, there was discipline for doing wrong and those those habits were formed through a negative and this is this is coming at it from the other side from a positive side yeah no it's true though because i mean if you think about it if you're giving when you think about like your brain you know and you have a negative punishment they're going to be less likely to want to follow through with it you know whereas they're just gently reminded it it literally helps shift the makeup of your mind it does you know and how they react and like you know, when you, your kid wants a, a snack and you say no, like that, they're going to get that, that shut down and they're going to have that negative reaction of, ah, you know, and freaking out <laughs> because I got told no, you know, but instead of saying, uh, I don't know, something like, instead of saying no, you could say, do you know what time it is or something like that? And then they'd be like, oh, what time is it? And like, well, it's 4.45 and dinner will be ready in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. You think you could wait 15 more minutes to eat? Okay, maybe I could try that, you know. And then it's just, uh, it comes back to tact, really. What it comes down to is tact. Yeah. It's being able to kind of face that opposition, but do it in a positive way. That's not shutting them down. It comes back to the first principle. Children are born persons <laughs> and we're respecting them mm-hmm. as persons. That's true. I, yeah, that's crazy. One one thing I love about this is it's not that she's yelling across the room what he needs to do. She's just calling him back, and he doesn't know why he's she he's being called back. He's just being called back. Maybe she had something else to tell him, but it's not you know I'm yelling at you across the house to come back and shut this door. It's hey, and then he comes back, and then you can say gently. I was supposed to remind you to shut the door. Well, and I, I think that goes, it goes back even further to beginning. So she, she's Charlotte Mason sets up this example and she says that the mother and the child, uh, the, the mother talks to the child and she says, I want you to go, or I want you to remember something with all your might, never go into a room or out of a room in which anybody is sitting without shutting a door. And she says it in a bright and friendly voice. And so she sets up the requirement in a, upbeat way on a on a positive side she sets up that requirement and then they have a conversation about it child's like well but what if i forget well i'll try to remind you but perhaps i'll be in a great hurry you must always make time to shut the door but why because it's not polite and further reasons and so they've they've set up they've set up what the expectation is they've set up what the mother's going to do when the child forgets and then they go on and so, so through the setting up of the, of the scenario with the mother and the child both agreeing that, yeah, you're going to shut the door because I say so and because of reasons, now they're both on the same page as, all right, so when you don't shut the door, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to remind you. And so when mother reminds him, the child goes, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to shut the door because that, that, the, the premise has already been set. And I feel like that's something that, that, uh, at least in our home, we don't do as good a job as we could with our children and setting that premise early and saying, all right, so when you go in and out of the house, you have to shut the door behind you. 
and here's the reasons why, and you must do it every time. Well, what if, what if, what if? Like, well, okay, well, if, then we'll do this. And then, and then you stick to it. But it's, it's that initial conversation that I think we, we don't do. We, I do it sometimes, but not as much as I probably should. Yeah. Well, and, and she's also, I think she's talking about a very specific time of setting and creating a habit for doing a thing. I, yeah. So I, I, I like, I like the example. I like the, the thought and the, and the idea there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, even his shoes. Shoes is a big deal in our house. Where's everybody's shoes? <laughs> yes. Nobody knows where anybody's shoes oh, are. Gosh. You got the two-year-old walking out in the six-year-old shoes. Yep. I don't really care as long as someone's got a pair of shoes on their feet. But that is one thing I always tell my kids. When we get into the door, we get into the house, take your shoes off and put them in the closet. Uh-huh. And just recently, we had somebody who didn't do it. And guess what? They had to leave the house without shoes on. Nice. <laughs> because that was their natural consequence. You didn't have shoes. You didn't put them where they belong. So naturally, it's time to leave the house. You know, it was warm, so they weren't freezing or anything like that, you know. But <laughs> well, And I carry good. them everywhere, too. So really, it was more of a punishment for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess you don't have shoes today. Let's, let's roll. <laughs> right. Well, cause, <laughs> because at some point, she'll talk about the, the importance of being punctual and keeping to a schedule as well. And yeah. if you don't know where your shoes are then you can't very well leave on time so no i guess you gotta <laughs> you gotta leave and guess who puts their I, shoes on now every time we leave <laughs> nice the the shoes the the kids come in and they take off their shoes and their jacket and just drop them on the floor <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. getting really really old i mean it's been this way all winter so i think the sit down this is where this is why this yeah. is what we need to do and then just I don't remember where I read, but you know, you just stand next to their jacket that's on the floor and call them over yeah. and don't even say anything. Yeah. Just stand there. And then maybe look at it and look back at them. Yeah. And look at it <laughs> and look at them. And at some point they'll yeah. go, what are you looking at me for? And on the ground, oh, my jacket. So. Oh. Yeah, because you're, you're making them have that mental effort. Exactly. To work through. I came in. What did I forget? Yeah. What, what does my mom want for me? And oh, there it is, my coat. That makes sense now, you yep. know. And then they put it away and everything's great. Yeah. Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow when you go through the <laughs> same process again. But again, it it's the it's that idea of you do that, you do that and do it and do it enough times over enough period of time that that it ingrains in the child. That the habit becomes yeah. easy yeah. and natural. Right. That Johnny that, shuts the door without knowing he does it. Yeah. That's the same with getting dressed, too. We had to work for a very long time for learning how to get themselves dressed. And we had to, I had to sit down and say, okay, this is your shirt. This is the front of your shirt because it has a picture and it has a tag. Uh-huh. And, oh, you notice how your pants, how they have the button and the zipper? Well, that means that's in the front, you know. <laughs> but now my six-year-old gets himself dressed and I don't have to help him, you know? And that was something it took months to sit there. And and because of course every new shirt has a new curveball, you know, right? (laughs) but, uh, but yeah. So, and then now he gets himself dressed and it's great. I don't have to help him. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's, (laughs) that's one. I don't, I don't know if we've ever sat down with our children. They just, a few times. I, you know what? 
I never have. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that we as parents never did. I just wasn't a part of it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, funny. I wait for them to be like, I want to dress myself. I'm like, okay. Great. No, you're putting on <laughs> no, you're putting it on backwards. Let me help you real quick. Uh-huh. Uh, with with our two-year-old twins, it's been a lot of fun. Our daughter can and has for a good six months to a year been able to take her own clothes off. And our son had zero interest. He or, still can't or, take it. He still ability. can't take his sh- or ability. He still can't take his shirt <laughs> off. It's hilarious. He grabs the front of it and just kind of pulls it. And <laughs> and now she can put clothes on. She can take clothes off because it matters to her. Mm-hmm. And that's what she wants to do. And so she has learned how to do that. And he could care less. He's still. start he's starting to care a little bit about wanting to do it himself. But only a little. But only a little. <laughs> so yeah. It's definitely an individual thing. It is. Before we, we get off, why don't you go ahead and tell us where people can find you and what you do? You can find me on Instagram at Three Little Acorns Academy. Um, I have a little blog, but I'm really bad about keeping up with it. So <laughs> <laughs> It's a hit or miss. It's one of those things that if I have time, I can do it. And if not, it falls to the wayside. So <laughs> mostly Instagram, though. All right. Okay. Well, I know I know I've followed you. Um, I think I follow you. If I don't, I should. Um, but you do a lot of cool stuff on there, and and I've I've enjoyed at least over the last couple of weeks knowing that we were going to get together with you. It's been it's been fun to look back through your your backlog and seeing all the things you yeah. do. So so definitely uh, to all of our listeners, if you haven't checked out McKinsey at Three Little Acorns Academy yet, definitely do so. She's a she's a really good follow. And, and there's a lot of good stuff on there. Cool. Well, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Mackenzie, thank you so much for hanging out with us and, and discussing this. It was great to have you. Yeah, this was fun. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Hope you guys have a good night. Thank you, you too. You too. Good night. I'll see you later. Bye. Yep. Bye. I keep trying to get my husband to do a podcast with me, but he won't. He's such an introvert. He's like, no. <laughs> like, Come on, it'd be fun. Yeah. He's like, no. Well, I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, so, and, and I know, I know this is something Crystal and I have talked about any number of times, but I think the thing that I've enjoyed the most about it is that it's forced her and I to sit down together and talk about these things that we wouldn't normally talk about. Right. And so, you know, we've we made it through uh, we made it through book two, which was parents and children and and talked about it. And I read it and I understand. I feel like I understand a lot of it now, which I didn't before. Yeah. And so that's that's exciting. So and that's a good book. It really is. I'm reading through it right now. And it, it's it's it, exceptional, honestly. <laughs> it, it really is. was. It yeah. was. It was fun to read through. It was a good one. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we're actually, it's kind of funny because that's kind of how I found you guys is we're reading through parents and children for a book club that I'm in. And somehow someone had mentioned on one of the Facebook groups, your podcast, and that's how I found you guys because I was using it because I'm having a hard time keeping up, you know what I mean, with uh-huh. the, the schedule. So what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll listen to it and I'll read it at the same time and then I'll like highlight it and then I'll go back and like kind of reread it again and paraphrase it. Yep. But 
but it's kind of like my way to like at least sit down and be like, okay, this is only 16 minutes long. I can get this done <laughs> in 16 minutes, you know? Oh, and yeah. then if the kids are, yeah, and then the kids are going nuts or going crazy, then I can literally put the book down, walk away, still keep listening to it. <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah, it's been great. It's been a blessing. Love it. It has been. Well, and it, and that was the only way that I was able to, to get into it too, because we would record one week mm-hmm. and, and I would listen as I edited the audio and then yep. I would sit down with the audio that next week. And before we recorded our, our discussion, I would sit down with the book and highlight through it, just like you were saying, and, and, mm-hmm. and go yeah. through with the audio that she had recorded and we had released as, as audio. So good. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're able to, to use that and, and it's helped. That's good. Yeah, it's great. And it's great too, because it's free. Cause I mean, a lot of people have recordings of it, but you know, and then so many times you have to buy them, you're like, oh, you know, volume after volume, you're like, oh, this gets expensive. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's nice. It is. It is. Well, and that was, that was, uh, we do, we do. And I, I think we've mentioned this any number of times, but we do plan on releasing it as, as an audio book that you could buy as an audio book. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think we're, I don't think we're planning on putting the audio behind a paywall. I, right. I think it'll just, it'll sit there and it's a podcast and. Mm-hmm. And if you if you want to buy it and have it all in a single condensed place, then you right. can and you can be do great. it because I mean it is it is it does get hard skipping through um, the app too. Right. So I get what you're saying, like switching through and especially when your phone's really full and it decides to stop working on you. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you can't download more stuff. Yeah, you're like oh, okay, guess I'm done for the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. I we we upgraded. So I, when, when we were living in Virginia, I was working remotely. And so we upgraded my phone to something that was, it was relatively new, not, not new, new, but relatively. And it was, mm-hmm. I, it was like night and day going from a phone that was old and small and, you know, had small storage space to something that all of a sudden had just storage going out, coming out of its ears. And it was, it was great. Yeah. I still have the old phone that has no storage. <laughs> yeah. But he keeps saying that that we'll upgrade mine. We will. We will. One day we'll we'll upgrade crystals and it'll be great. <laughs> That's the way to go. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Join the conversation with us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter.